Good morning. Happy Father's Day to those assembled and to those who are not here, but you're here for their proxy. May this be a truly wonderful day of celebration for those who have poured into our lives. Won't you say a brief prayer with me as we enter into this moment together? To our wonderful Father, we come and thank you for this day. We know, O oh God, that this is something we can't take for granted, for there are others who didn't make it here. And so now we give you great thanks. Open minds, open our hearts, that we may be as the learned and the righteous to understand, to be enlightened, and to grow from this encounter. We give you great thanks, and together we said, Amen. So as we celebrate Father's Day on this day, we also have this wonderful opportunity to celebrate Juneteenth on this day. For those who don't know, Juneteenth is now a federal holiday that we celebrate in many ways this weekend and in particular on tomorrow. And I thought, as I prayed, that one way to enter us into this space and prepare us for this wonderful uh, mix of artistry and activism and justice that we are going to share in together about the World House. And it was a writing that Dr. Martin Luther King um, etched toward the end of his journey in this space. And he writes in the World House that some years ago, and this is quoting Dr. King directly, a famous novelist died. Among his papers was found a list of suggested plots for future stories. The most prominently underscored being this one. A widely separated family inherits a house in which they have to live together. I'm sure none of us know anything about that. He goes on to say that this is the great new problem of humankind. We have inherited this large house, a great world house, in which we have to live together, black and white, Easterner and Westerner, Gentile and Jew, Catholic and Protestant, Muslim and Hindu. And that is echoing the words of Paul from our Galatians text today. Dr. King says, this family, unduly separated in ideas, culture, and interest, who, because we can never again live apart, must learn somehow to live with each other in peace. In other writings of Dr. King, he makes it very abundantly clear that peace is not the absence of tension, but it is the presence of justice. Dr. Cornell West goes a step further and says that justice is what love looks like in public. In the World House, Dr. King calls us to transcend tribe, race, class, nation, and religion to embrace the vision of a world house. 
He calls us in that writing to eradicate at home and globally, globally the triple evils of racism, poverty, and militarism, to curb excessive materialism and shift from a materialistic society to one in which we center humanity and people. He challenges us to resist injustice and resolve conflicts in the spirit of love embodied in the philosophy and the methods of nonviolence. We've heard from two who joined in the pilgrimage to Selma and Montgomery. I had the wonderful honor of joining with that World House moment. And throughout the journey through Selma, through the museum, the Legacy Museum in Montgomery, I kept asking God because there was so clear that there was a faith theme throughout all of that journey. How do we find our well of resilience in the midst of so many hard truths? That was my quest during the pilgrimage. And I'm grateful that much of that quest was met through the love in the midst of truth that so many of us exhibited together. As we go into this moment to reflect on Juneteenth, I ask that we take that spirit with us. Prayerfully, we will have opportunities amongst ourselves to continue in conversation, because I know there were some hard things to hear that were said, but they, they are important conversation and prompts and transformational moments for us all. I don't know about you, but I'll enter into a world house that has food like that. And that has conversation, that pushes us to true spaces, however uncomfortable they may be. The beauty of that intergenerational conversation showed us not everyone wants to keep talking about this stuff, but if we don't talk about it, we can't abolish it. If we don't face these truths, we can't fully see everyone in our house. We can't fully hear everyone in our house. How do we celebrate Juneteenth when we can't look in our history and see a formerly enslaved person? We can celebrate it because Juneteenth is our holiday. It's not the black folks holiday. It's not the black folks in the South holiday. It's all of our holidays because it is us at our best. Annette Gordon-Reed, professor of law and history at Harvard says both Juneteenth and Independence Day, July 4th, should be used to reflect upon the common value that Juneteenth and the 4th have come to express. The recognition of the equal humanity and dignity of people the world over. Dr. Maya Angelou says it this way in her poem, The Human Family. She says, I note the obvious differences in the human family some of us are serious, some thrive on comedy. Some declare their lives are lived as true profundity and others claim they really live the real reality. The variety of our skin tones can confuse, bemuse, delight, brown and pink and beige and purple, tan and blue and white. I've sailed upon the seven seas and stopped in every land. I've seen the wonders of the world, not yet one common man. 
I know 10,000 women called Jane and Mary Jane, but I've not seen any two who really were the same. Mirror twins are different, although their, their features jive and lovers think quite different thoughts while lying side by side. We love and lose in China, we weep on England's moors and laugh and moan in Guinea and thrive on Spanish shores. We seek success in Finland, are born and die in Maine. In minor ways we differ, in major we're the same. I note the obvious differences between each sort and type but we are more alike, my friends, than we are unalike. And Paul says it this way, we are one in Christ. May it be so.